Welcome to the Dude Soup Holiday Show Spec. What is it? Welcome to the Dude Soup 2017. Welcome to the Dude Soup 2017 Holiday Show Spectacular with your host, Lawrence Sontag. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you come in. I'm your host, Lawrence Sontag, and welcome to a festive holiday special bowl of Dude Soup. Holidays are all about family. And while you may be getting to know yours this holiday, I invite you to get to know ours. What follows is a series of short interviews with all of the members of the Funhouse family. And perhaps through that, you can get to know my family as much as you know yours. It's empty. Uh, hey, Bruce. Hey. How are you doing? Great. I What's wrong with you? You sound sad. Oh, no, sorry. I'm got uh, a lot going on. It's not about me, Bruce. It's about you. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, what, uh, Bruce, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think where to start. What was your worst memory of high school? Worst memory of high school? Yeah. Oh, man. My junior high school is terrible. I remember eating, there was this rice pilaf in the cafeteria that I used to eat. Um, and like, so I was obviously, obviously poor and I had no friends my junior high school. And uh, I would eat this rice pilaf once a week and I knew it was bad, but I still ate it because it was the only thing I could eat. And every night I would, I would burp it up. <laughs> And I, there were like some nights that I couldn't go to sleep because I could feel it in my throat, you know, it would cause acid reflux. And I was like 15 years old. So it hung in your throat all day? It hung in my throat all day and all night. Oh my but God. I still ate it and I ate it once a week. And it always reminded me how sad my life was. <laughs> my senior year of high school was awesome, by the way. Junior year of high school was terrible. So what changed between, did you just stop eating rice and everything got better? I mean, I stopped that, but I also got friends and a girlfriend in a car and like a bunch of stuff, a bunch of really good things that happened. Huh. <laughs> Was that, well, no, okay. Because the shift of somebody's life from sadness to happiness always is always fascinating to uh -huh. me. Would you attribute that to anything that you did or like a mentality shift? Just no, no, no. I mean, like, you know, it just comes after a while that like I lived in, it was a new city. It was my first year at that, that school. So like you're getting to know people. And the one kid that I was friends with, I barely remember his name, but I knew he was a giant nerd. And I was also a huge nerd. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, this, this dude is such a nerd. And I was like... I don't know if I even really liked the kid. And then the next year when senior high school, we just, we didn't hang out at all. Uh, <laughs> I know. What do you think he's up to now? You should go find out. I don't know. I really uh, want to know, actually. I'm curious. It's funny that you bring up classifications of nerd because I think in the past, I've heard, I've heard you mention some things like to socialize properly. Maybe there's some things you have to temper. Oh uh, yeah, sure. I'm, but I don't mean nerd in the, in the, in the sense of the word that I was a total nerd, like Star Wars and all that other shit. I just mean in the sense that like he didn't like, he, I feel like he didn't even like me. Like, he was, like, mean to me. Hmm. And that's the way I always looked at nerds was they were, like, they didn't, either they didn't know they were being mean to you or they were and they just didn't give a fuck. And they're just like, you know what? I'm a nerd. I don't care. And I was always like, I don't understand that mentality at all. So so maybe, I'm sorry, I used the word nerd wrong. He was just a dick. <laughs> I think we got some <laughs> clarification on it. No, and, and that's something that I've always found fascinating about you is, is you have – a shockingly sound view on on morality and uh, society uh, and things oh, like man, that. I hope so. I know yeah. it's, it's kind of a bomb drop, but yeah. Uh, no, it's and to hear you talk about that stuff is really interesting because I mean, other people try to hyper complicate stuff, but it, you you find a way to always boil it down into very simple and, and respectful terms, which is something I find odd. But also, I I may have had that may have been me too. Like I always look back on this and go, well, maybe I was a dick, you know? Like maybe I was. I mean, this is what I was fifteen. And I was a total, I was probably a total dick when I was 15 years old. So ideally I matured, he matured, maybe we just grew apart. Uh, maybe that was all it was. Maybe. Either way, uh, yeah, no, I'm sure, I hope he's doing well. 
um, I, I, there was no reason for that. I, I, didn't, I didn't. He didn't scar me in any way. It was just one of those things where I realized I was like, man, we just don't have anything in common. Why are we hanging out? Uh, it's, it's always odd to reflect back on past relationships and wonder why you were in them or what they gave to you. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. So how's how's your relationships now? Do you feel pretty gratified? And that's a loaded question considering that. I'm oh boy. Right here. Oh geez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope so. I for me, the more of my life becomes trying to satisfy other the other side of the relationships. Like, I I just I want people to be happy with me. I like to I like when people are like, oh yeah, like, you know, you did this or like you you made me feel this way. Like, good good things. So I hope I'm great. I don't. These are such broad questions. Yeah. Um. I don't think that I'm everything to everyone, but hopefully I'm satisfying people uh, in the relationships I'm in with them. I don't know. We'll see. I think so. I, ho- I hope so. <laughs> well, okay. What is your best uh, high school or junior high school memory? Oh man, I have so many. Yeah. My senior year was fucking awesome. You gotta Lawrence. boil it down though. It was fucking awesome. Um. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got one. Uh, okay. This is just one of them though. Um. So we did these things called air bands in high school where it was basically just a lip sync competition where you got four or five guys together and then then you would pretend to play guitar or sing or play bass or drums or whatever. Um, And the whole thing, you're basically lip syncing to a pop song, a song that people knew. Uh, When I went to high school, the Aquabats were popular. Oh, shit. Um, They're still popular, Bruce. No. No, they're not. They're not. And uh, they had a song called Super Rad. Yeah. And so we did air bands to Super Rad. Uh, It was an air bands competition in front of the whole school in the Greek theater. And we won. Uh, what did was, you win? We we didn't. I don't remember winning anything. Respect. To be, honest with, to be honest with you, I do remember though. We all wore Aquabats masks that we mm. made. Uh, we did the Air Bands thing, and when we won, we like I got to look out at the crowd and I threw a mask to somebody, and I think it like fell in like a girl's hands, and she went ah like <laughs> I felt like a rock star. I was 16 years old. It was great. So uh, that's probably one of my best memories of high school. Excellent. Well, now you get to be a rock star every day. Really? Every yeah. Is that what happens? I think that is. Well, thank you, Bruce. Oh, yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. <laughs> I got transition scenes. So Hello, James. Thank you Hi, for joining Lawrence. me. Hey. Hi. Uh, There's nothing in this mug. It's empty. No, yeah. I found that out, too. I looked in the kitchen for the, the most festive mug I could find, and these little penguins I thought fit the bill. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to mask the wires. Oh, okay. Stage dressing I'm learning. Uh, yeah. Except that you could just see it. Yeah, I see everything. I got a little tree. This mm-hmm. is nice. Uh, what is the time that you thought Goku was the strongest? What do you mean? Because uh, there's relative strength, yeah. I, I feel. I mean, you can go like all the way at the end where he's blowing up planets or whatever. That's yeah, too yeah. Easy. I mean, that's it. He's definitively the strongest as the arc goes on. Okay. He's never gotten weaker at any point, unless you're referring to him, like, say, his ability to hide his power level, like, when he first arrives on Namek, and, like, Berta and Jis think he's, like, really weak because they're using the scouters, but that's, like... I haven't gotten there yet. Why would you do that? You yeah. Know? I don't know. Dramatic tension. He just only uses the power spikes when he needs it. So you don't need to be strong all the time. He just, like, literally does it when he hits Rikum, and then that's it. You know, and then they're like, oh, what happened? And they don't know. So it allows him to get an advantage on his enemies. Damn, so, I'm, like, right there. Yeah. I'm, like, right there. <laughs> I'm excited to watch that. Uh, uh, so you, you mentioned this previously mm-hmm. about, speaking of strength, about mm-hmm. how when you were younger, your dad sort of introduced you to gym culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you Do you... Take that as something that's core to your being. Do you, do you think of it as a personality trait for you, or is it just something you enjoy doing? Like the pursuit of strength or exercise? Yeah. Does it does it start to take on uh, motivations apart from what you do in the gym? Does it inform I mean, yeah, decisions you make? Absolutely. I think I think whatever that motivation is, I think every almost everyone, unless you have like some sort of psychological issue, like like a normally 
uh, balanced brain chemistry, I think naturally has that by nature of being a human being. I think that's the kind, same kind of stuff that causes people to really like video games or countries to go to war. Like it's a constant challenging of oneself and one's limits. Otherwise everyone would just be super complacent and communism would work, you know, like, okay. um, the, the for whatever reason, the setting a goal and then, yeah, I think it. for whatever reason I just got pointed in the direction early on of like, Oh, you can do that by lifting heavy things. And so I started doing that. Um, but even by that point I was the kind of person who likes to play video games which has a ton of that built in. It's if, at its most basic level, it's reaching the next stage of a game. But then in RPGs and stuff, it's leveling, max leveling your character or finding new gear and stuff that's better. You know, so. Okay, so all that is informed by an even deeper, more fundamental set of, of principles that flow out into fitness and yeah, video games and stuff. I think like so. That. I think it's just how people choose to apply it. I mean, sometimes it's like power, like political power. It's like, I don't think that to them and their brain, I don't think it's any more different than going to the gym for it is for me. It's just like a constant pursuit of like acquiring more, acquiring more. There's a Bruce actually tweeted something uh, a couple weeks ago about how like, is there anyone with any modicum of power who isn't motivated by greed? And uh, and I jokingly replied because I saw his tweet while I was at the gym. And I replied to it with, well, I just did, f- like, a certain number of reps at a certain number of weight, and I want to do more of it. Okay. And it's a joke reply, but I think it also does make sense. I think, like, that applies to anyone. Like, I own five homes. I wonder if I could own seven homes kind of thing. Uh, I think it's the whatever brain chemistry causes that to happen, it's the same regardless hmm. of what it is. Okay. Yeah. Can you think of any point? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is related to Goku being the strongest. Yeah. Can you think of any point where you acquired something... Uh, a personal goal, an mm-hmm. external goals, anything, where that motivation was so fulfilled for a, let's say, day or week. Mm-hmm. Like, there was an extended amount of time where you felt finished. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah. Not really, no. Like, there's been a lot of things that I've, like, just specifically taken on because I thought that they were difficult personal tasks, like like traits or whatever. So, like, I want to learn guitar. I never got to a point where I was like, there, I'm a guitarist. Like, I never felt that way. And, like, lifting weights, there's been a ton of times where I'm like, oh, I want to get, like, this lift. I want to be able to do four plates, you know, and then I'll do it. And I'm like, okay, well, on to the next one. You know, like, it's just now you just move the finish line back further. Um, I would say the closest I can think that I've come to is for a while I was doing, like, I had just listened to all of the Song of Ice and Fire audiobooks. Okay. Which was kind of like, I did it. That's monumental. And That's like, what, a, a thousand hours? Yeah. And there was the, uh, there was like, oh, now there's all the, the world of Ice and Fire and the, uh, the, whatever, the Bard's Tales. Like, there's like the Onion Knight Tales or there's another, there's other supplementary things that aren't necessarily directly. And I said, ah, like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. Like, I've, I've gotten there and stuff like that. So, there have been times where I guess theoretically I could have continued to try and hurdle those those goals, but I didn't I didn't really want to. So. All right. Well, thank you, James. Yeah, no problem. We'll move on. Absolutely. And then the snowflakes fly in. I, I found a use a, a winter transition pack. I gotta get Benson up here. Hello, Elise. Hey Lawrence. Welcome welcome to my very elegant talk show. Is this the curtains we use for D and D? It absolutely is, yeah. Oh boy. Would you believe they turned these blue for a Google Trend? That was pretty impressive. I like Wizardry. That. Absolute wizardry. Uh, I'm a tough nut to crack. You well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> Not you complicated really. individual. How do you? 
I understand completely, and I guess I guess if people don't know you that well, you uh, and and forgive me if this is a little too personal, but you do sort of have a, uh, a tendency to discount compliments or or refuse polite feedback. Uh, and if I were to guess, and tell me if I'm wrong, it does sort of come from this complex of motivation. Uh, for me, I refuse to believe anything good about myself because that's what fuels me. Um, I don't know if that's that's where it derives from for you. No, but. I think it's like social constructs as a woman. It's my upbringing. It's my own personal tragedies or struggles or what have you. I mean, like you said, it's pretty complex. Can you can you, <laughs> can you just ask me my favorite games of the year are? Yeah, what, what were your favorite games of the year? <laughs> oh, boy, I don't even know. I wish I had prepared for that. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about my uh, personal issues personal with issues? psyche. <laughs> okay, I didn't, I didn't prepare anything. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm yeah, driven. I, I, is, you know, can you believe in a vision of yourself where you've reconstructed something that that's not there? And that's I, I would like myself. to. I, I would like to. have. I have a goal of the vision of myself. I want to be able to believe someday. Mm-hmm. Personally, I try. I'm, I'm very lucky that I work with all of you guys. So when I don't feel those things about myself, you guys scream them in my face. All the negativity? Um, yeah, the negativity. Yeah. I mean, so like I'm really, yeah, I have my ego. So you guys bring me down a peg. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, it's it's also hard for me to talk about the way I see myself. Um, but I'm very fortunate that you guys and the people that like our stuff some of them don't, but a yeah. lot of them are very uh, encouraging in the way they see me. Uh, so I appreciate that. And I think my favorite games of the year. Now you've had some time to think about it. I will. I just played Doki Doki Literature Club. That's pretty cool, we talked right? About. And yeah, it's it's neat. I like the the lore and the and all the weird stuff you're gonna get into when you kind of look at that that game from a under a microscope. Yeah, I was I was hoping there was a point where it was driving towards. Uh, the idea that your perception is not absolute, which is some of that some of that stuff I really enjoy, especially when it comes to perhaps young young gentlemen who are repeatedly playing the role of hero, and whose actions are always justified by the plot and things like that. There does sort of develop a complex that I think carries over into real life. Of if if I don't see it, it doesn't happen. And there's some pretty cool stuff in there where you've you've got your anime archetypes, but it turns out that they only act that way around you. And there's other things going on that you're blissfully ignorant of. Think, think a lot of speaking purely stereotypically. A lot of dudes could live in blissful ignorance about a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Like the, clearly this T-shirt case in point of living yeah. blissful ignorance. Uh, oh, would it be? Oh, would it be this gentleman right here? Yeah. I gotta push it for the holidays. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, yes, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, for me, it's like the the way that they've the meta game they're playing. Mm. I, I really appreciate with Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else. That's to, cool. Uh, I had a question for you. Yeah, yeah, later on. What is a powerful memory you have of reading a physical book? Oh, my God. Um, one of my, like, one of, a book I fell in love with at age seven was The Westing Game, which is a mystery. It's kind of a locked room mystery about a bunch of people that live at a new, like, condo high-rise development and it's in this westing town that's kind of been been there's you know uh one man who has been making this town everything it is he dies he leaves them all in his will sort of thing but i love mysteries so for me that i was like oh my gosh like this is what story is capable of doing and this is what a story like this is capable of doing with mysteries and tying all these elements together and having these really rich characters that have 
backstories and there's deception and and uh, I and there's a puzzle to it as well. And I I uh, thought that was really amazing. Do you remember where you were when you read it? Oh no, oh, okay. probably. I mean, I'm at home. I, I read constantly when I was a kid. I always had a book in my hand. Um, like through you know breakfast table, car, like everywhere. I was just always reading, um, and st- kind of like Stephen King. That's kind of how we. Stephen King always has a book in his hand. Hmm. Um, people talk about they they see Stephen King at the movie theater and he's like reading right until the movie starts, uh, and he's kind of a personal hero. <laughs> do you uh, do you feel as though something in literature culture is lost now that? Most books are electronic or audio. Uh, James and I digest books in a very different way sometimes because he'll listen to the audiobook. And I do listen to audiobooks a lot. Like, I'll usually have maybe three different books on the go, two physical and, like, one audible or one two audible, one physical. And so, yeah, he there is a, a difference to, like, reading a book, rereading a specific sentence or passage because it resonates with you so much that you don't generally with an audiobook stop it and then rewind it, but with a the book like your eyes will reskim a section or a page or words again and again or at least for me sometimes that happens. And as a visual learner, it sticks with me more than listening to it. And uh, I just think owning books is cool. I love buying books. I love like a physical book. Um there's something collectible about it. But I love the full cast recordings in audiobooks. Mm. Those are ballin'. Um, there was a lock and key full cast recording that with Haley Joel Osment. That was great. Um, anyway, I know you listen, to, you listen to audiobooks, too. And Steph listens to audiobooks, too, I know. It's not about me. It's definitely not about her. Oh, <laughs> boy. Well, thank you, Elise. Oh, thank you. Sorry, that mine's the most boring section. Oh, uh, we'll let the audience decide. <laughs> Talk about books. <laughs> Some people love books. Hey John, you look like shit. Thank you. I feel uh, wonderful. So. He's uh, he's very sick, and also high on Nyquil, Dayquil, Dayquil, all the quills. What's up? Hey man. Uh, happy you, Christmas. Thank or, you. Oh boy, you really stepped in it, huh? Everything. Merry holidays. I recall that uh, there was something you told me. I think it was. These lights are super. They're bright. very bright. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you for subjecting yourself to this in, in your state. For sure, I didn't know what it was going to be. So yeah, no, it's it's. I got a I got a tree. Let I like it. Tree. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you said I I don't remember what I asked, but I remember the answer. This was like holiday party last year. Uh huh. You said that there was a moment in your life when you decided you just wanted to be funny. Uh. Well, it was basically I realized uh, that no one understood my jokes. Yeah. And so it was more that I just decided to entertain myself rather than try to, like, appease people. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was a good that was a good turning point because I basically uh, – I skipped the whole, like – like, I slowly watched all my uh, student – or fellow students and stuff kind of change throughout middle school and high school into kind of – you know, they were still themselves and they were still cool, but, like, they kind of, like – uh, abandon a lot of their kid tendencies, and I kept them. And then kid stuff became cool again. <laughs> so so that, that's an interesting way to phrase it. When you mean kid stuff, do you just mean... Just the- being a goofball and not worrying about it. You hang out with, like, if you have any young nephews or nieces or anything like that, like, they're goofballs. They don't judge. They don't even think about that. They haven't learned about it yet, so... They haven't learned shame? Yeah. 
kind of, yeah. So there's like, yeah, there's like a certain age where that kind of gets uh, inseminated into our social circles, which I think it doesn't happen in homeschool, which is why homeschool kids are so fucking weird. It's a really good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there is a kind of social shaming that goes on to conform and drop certain behavior yeah. patterns. So do you remember the exact moment when you were like, man, I'm going to decide not to care anymore? No, because it, like, I think I tried to a little bit. I remember in ninth grade, we had to write poems, and I wrote a poem. <laughs> That's very um, illustrative of your I, desire to entertain yourself. I drank a lot of Dayquil, so I'm not sure sober me would want to be revealing this but uh i wrote a poem called i am not your jester that's very deep and it was a fuck you to the to the cool click <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyways oh please what is, what is wrong with is you? there he's high is there any what? <laughs> is there any any possibility oh by the grace of god up up above that you have access to this poem now uh, i'll have to check my zanga okay God, I hope I hope it hasn't been shut down, or maybe uh, maybe way back can pull it out of the we'll internet see. ether. I'll have to remember what it was. I had a lot of multiple zangas. They were all Christian oh. names, like books or characters. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't Christian. It was Wish to Fly. Oh, well. I see. So generic, like <laughs> mid nineties Judeo yeah. rock. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be really embarrassed by this interview when I sober up. But you promised yourself you'd never be embarrassed. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> so is that a conscious effort, or did you just flip a switch? Um, I mean, there's still some people I want to think I'm funny and cool. Like, it's just not doing it blindly with everyone. Like, there are people that matter. And what's that old saying? It's like, those who care about you don't care, and those who don't care about you care. So I don't fucking know. I think I see where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who, who oh boy. People who mind don't matter. People who mind don't matter. matter don't people mind. who matter don't mind. The people. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I got a lot of. In those who can't teach, around. teach Jim. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I identify with growing up in the church and also feeling that that weird sensation where. You throw something out and you're like, man, I'm proud of this. And then everyone else stares at you like you're some sort of monster. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird process to go through. I'm glad you I'm glad you decided to not conform. Although sometimes it's important to conform. I don't know, it gets weird. Oh, I thought you were gonna say, although sometimes you're super annoying. No, not at all. <laughs> not even a dash of negativity. No, it's uh it's something that's tough to struggle with. It's where where to find the balance. Because yeah. you can live totally unrestrained. That has its own particular set of consequences. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever have you ever run afoul of that? Like times where even in your attempts to live free and open and not constrain yourself by the stupid rules of society or the pretty people, where maybe you you think back and you're like, man, I probably should have restrained myself. Like now, for instance. Uh, I forgot the question. Yeah, I guess it was long. <laughs> That's all right. Do you mind repeating it? Uh, uh, sure. We could just wrap it here. Yeah, we could. Uh, thank you, John. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I put the jacket on because I'm ashamed of my lumps. Yeah, I know that game. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, Jacket Guy. Yeah. Hey, Bones. Hi. Slash Adam Briard. Hello. Uh, gosh, you've had you've lived a colorful life. Yeah, it's not bad. You lived in a van. I lived in a van voluntarily for about a year and a half, two years. 
Yeah. Was that to discover yourself? or? Uh, I thought it would be to discover myself and discover the country. I mostly discovered my parents' driveway. <laughs> so you didn't so. have gas money or you just didn't feel like flying the nest? Uh, van didn't run so good. Uh. Yeah. I don't know much about cars. <laughs> you wanted to live in one. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, it's all right. It all worked out in the end. Sure. It actually, as far as I can tell, it did. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so day one, I'm going to see the world and discover myself. Mm-hmm. What sort of vision did you have of the freedom and cool lifestyle of Van Oh, my God. I saw myself hitting that open road at a modest 52 miles an hour, probably. And uh, I had all these, uh, all these like, gatherings. Like, there was, like, a, all across the country, there's, like, a hobo gathering in Iowa that I was okay. going to go to. There's this thing called the Rainbow Gathering. Which How did you learn about these? I just researched them online, and I had some hippie friends that knew about them. Turns out the Rainbow Gathering, there was just a bunch of dirt balls, like, like mooching off each other. It wasn't really the, uh, the spiritual experience I thought it would be. That's, That's what I've heard anyways. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think the, the farthest I ever did make was uh, Fresno from Southern California, which for people that don't know is, I don't know, about five or six hours. That's pretty far. That's all right. Yeah. And then I missed my now wife, and I drove back. And everyone laughed at me. Yeah, like that. Kind of like that. Bruce was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you, and Bruce, you and Bruce have known each other for quite a while. We have, yeah. We met uh, senior year of high school. Yeah, oh. Way back in 97. Well, you, apparently you met Bruce right when he was flowering. Yeah. Oh, man. He was flowering all oh, over the place. Yeah. Growing into his own. Yeah. Would you say that that was the turning point of your life, too? That was a bit of an overstatement. Yes, absolutely. I took his virginity. I was just Whoa, 100%. First claimed your virginity? He was my first friend that had touched a boob, I think. So that was that was pretty big. Did he tell you about it? I mean, not he wasn't gross about it, not in detail. but He's uh, a gentleman. Yeah, but it definitely happened Yeah, before before I uh, I did. Sweet. Yeah. How would you describe your wardrobe in high school? Uh, wardrobe in high school, uh, well, first years, it was uh, billowy. I was, I was very, very large, and so it was a lot of billowy shirts and uh, hoods and it, oh shit it's not that much different but uh later in high school it was like it was the opposite it was like it was like like way too small shirts and like in like those shorts that have drawstrings and no belt oh sweet yeah it was not it was not good i was a skater for a minute yeah did you ever ollie up a curb no i can never learn ollie okay. i wore baggy pants though that i cut up the sides a little bit nice yeah. well yeah because you know you're doing all the skating yeah they drag on the street they get yeah. all distressed why wait <laughs> do it yourself well okay so let's see here we got high school bones cool as hell no right into van bones or was there a no 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 there was then there was uh there was restaurant owner bones uh santa cruz college bones uh what else there was chef bones uh, God, there's it's a lot. All terrible action figures. Yeah, and then after Van Bones, then there was uh, Farm Intern Bones. That's the poop bucket era. Uh, then, then, uh, then I sort of became I became a bartender and started like you know kind of becoming more of a normal person after that, settling down a little bit. Yeah, been with my with my now wife for about ten years and very happy with how things turned out. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Is there is there any phase before now that you remember as fondly as your life now? It's a loaded um, question. You're staring I, at me. I got to say, the uh, living living on that farm with those weirdos was really cool. Yeah, I got to live in a school bus that did not move, wasn't supposed to move. This is rattling. And uh, oh, sorry. No, it's not your fault. And it's just uh, gonna, the mics are going to pick it up. Yeah, you know, like there was a lot of nude uh, so wait, swimming and school bus. Did I hear that correct? They they took a school bus and then they chopped the top off and they welded a VW bus 
top half to it, so it was like extra room. Okay. And I had you know internet and running water in there and everything. It was really cool. And I like I did maintenance on a farm and like built structures and helped maintain the grounds and stuff. And uh, it was a uh, it was communally owned, and so the owners were just kind of like regular. You know, they were like liberal San Francisco people, very normal. But all the other interns were like total freaks, uh, drinking pee and, you know, hoarding wool in their tents. And just it was it was a real weird scene, but it was really fun. And it was very it was like very healthy, very, very relaxed. I liked it. Hmm. Yeah. You just said drinking pee and then healthy. And very well, no, she proximity. wasn't healthy. She drank pee and she said she, she was one of those people that always wants to try everything. Uh. So she's like, oh, yeah, I did heroin that one time and I did this and I did like she just wanted to try everything. But she swears, like, the best way to avoid getting sick is just to drink urine every day. Did it work? Uh, I don't know. I, I never saw her sick. Sounds like a conclusion to me. Yeah, yeah it's, that's proof enough. Marvelous. I yeah. I haven't well, tried damn. myself. Uh, thank you, Bones. Of course. That's intense. i got to talk to you more about your, your funny farm later. Yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> but, right. but enjoyable. All right, thank you. Good to talk to you, Lil. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to, welcome to the show, Adam, my very serious talk show. Thank you for ha- what is this? Uh, well, it's not about me for one, but for two, I always wanted to be Charlie Rose, and then he molested a bunch of people. So, the throne is vacant, and I'm here to swoop right in. Oh, okay. So, so you want a job? Tell me about your latest movie. My latest movie. It's a sci-fi action trilogy. So it takes a part. It, unlike that shit Star Wars, we have a plan, and things are set up in the first one. Not resolved in the second, but the third, will it? Tune in to find out. Pay us money. So, I guess to, to segue onto a serious topic, sort of. Your improbability is fucking absurd. I threw a prompt at you and you took it and ran with it. Mm. Do you, what is the process for you doing that? Do you just find some little, little like, two sparks in your mind and rub them together and then suddenly this image comes out? I rarely listen to people. And usually when you're talking, I'm thinking of something else. Really? So I just kind of wait till your mouth stops moving. And then I say whatever I was thinking about. But you still logically answered the question. Is that just happenstance? <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. Now you, you learn to pick up keywords. Okay. Like smart and funny and devilishly handsome. No, that is, that is something that uh, I struggle with. Because, yeah, coming up with something funny is really hard to do. And you have to do that while listening to somebody else and playing to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the ability to juggle all of that, I think, is, is something you're extremely good at. And maybe it's a skill that is potentially undervalued. I'm not hiring you. <laughs> That's Charlie Rose's job. Yeah, where is he? That's, oh. You must fight him on the hill. Basement somewhere. And suck in his quickening. <laughs> is that a Highlander reference? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where else have you heard the quickening mentioned? Yeah, pretty much nowhere. Bruce, type in quickening. The Highlander. Got it. <laughs> wow, look at that. Didn't even yeah. have to wait for the search results to come back. No. Do you find it odd, um, given that, as near as I can tell, you do not like being the center of attention? No. That, for some reason, that only makes the audience more endeared to you and wanting to know more about you? That's something you have no control over. Um, I feel like our content's best when we take ego out of it, and if that makes people gravitate towards you, whatever. I'm just going to keep making content when we can be ourselves. That's why I do it. It's for the kids. Interesting. Because, yeah, I, I would fame and the validation of success probably motivates a lot of people. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that about us. I'm we're, just saying that about We're people. lucky. We're in a, a weird corner where we're famous. Yeah. We're known. Oh, you weren't there. A guy yelled at us at a Best Buy today. I think he got fired. He went, oh, shit. And 
It's like, he might think we're someone else. He might recognize us. I don't know. But it was like, hi. Like, I mean, what? I don't know. It's like, yeah, we have a job where our stuff is online and people can watch it. Imagine if a dentist had a YouTube channel. You're like, oh, I know you. It's like, of course you do because the stuff's online. It's available. We're going to make this stuff to make ourselves laugh anyway. We just happen to put it up in a public space. Okay. So this is the sort of thing you would do in your off time if you this is the worked sh- in a grocery store? Yeah. Or well, that you already well, yeah. did? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did this shit with my friends all the time. They were just never motivated enough to put it up online. <laughs> I'm actually working with motivated people, so it makes it easier to actually justify it as being a job. So what kind of stuff did you do with your friends and how far back? I mean, way back uh, middle school, high school, we would all sit around, we'd play GTA Vice City, and we'd make up metagames within the game. You're like, all right, let's see how long you could last with the cops chasing you and do shit like that. And it was like, I guess this could be a video because random stuff would happen and we'd all laugh. And like, that's kind of what we do now, just expanding from there. So it's just a bunch of friends sitting around playing stuff, being funny. <laughs> the, uh, did that sort of stuff come out because there's nothing else to do and you have a copy of GTA, so we'll just sit here playing it all night and try to make it interesting? Or? The opposite, actually. There was a lot to do. Uh, we were young kids and like someone's friend's parents wouldn't be home or they'd be cool with them having a party and we could have been drinking, doing drugs, you know, skating or whatever, but we decided to stay inside and play video games. That's how much of a kind of shut in, I guess I was. Hmm. Oh, I understand that. (sighs) Sorry, Uh, acid reflux. That's cool. Yeah. You're going through some shit right now. I'll live. I I hope hope. so. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all going to die. Just how soon? Yeah. When and how? I don't know. Naked, on fire. That's all right. I just sent some of my poop in the mail. <laughs> yeah, how was that? I got to dig through my own crap. <laughs> well, one would think that tells the tale itself, but, but I was, perhaps it's just me. Mm. And a lot of things are just me, so that's okay. That's but okay. The older I get, the more novelty I find in doing something for the very first time, no matter what it is. Please don't drink all the air. Um, mm. Uh, so certainly, uh, I think scraping shit out of your butt and then parceling it out into other smaller containers is a fresh experience. To, to be totally clear, it was one of those things that you get fries from a carnival at. Oh, scoop. So you shit on that, oh. and then you dig the shit out of there. So I didn't dig it out of my butt. I, oh. I pooped on a thing. Does it float in the toilet, or do you have to hold it? Oh, no, I was uh, holding it under my butt. I pooped onto a thing. You, you hit it, like, first try? I had to pinch it off a little bit, but yes. Well, even still, I feel like most people wouldn't know where a poop comes out. Comes out your butt. Well, yeah, but a butt has plenty of surface area. Uh, I mean, I, I got a good, I, I guess maybe I had a lucky catch. All right, and on that, thank you, Adam. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck at the job, Thanks. Charlie. I'll try. It's wobbly. Yeah, these are coming from outside. Me off in this interview. Would you believe I even tightened up some of the, some of the, the screws, screws in that to make it a little more rigid. You sure you didn't loosey-goosey them instead? Maybe I did. Hey, Dan. Hi, welcome. Lawrence. What's up? Yeah, sorry. I was supposed to introduce you before we started talking. Okay. Do we look at each other? Is this the way it goes? All right. I'm going to start with James. This is, this is the part where I establish rapport. And, yeah, okay. so you and James know each other, right? Yeah, long time. Uh, how far back do you know? Um, was I guess high school. Yeah. Man. Long, high school days. Time. High school and college. How was your high school? Um, I liked high school. Mostly, I guess it, it's so it took me like a year or two to find my clique, my like friend group, and that's when it worked for me. Mm. Uh, not the most stereotypical high school, I don't remember. There was like that group of cool kids, but I don't remember a lot of bullies or horrible people, just the the cool druggies and people dying in drunk driving accidents and shit like that. Yeah, and then having to hold hold moments of respect yeah, for the, the heroes. That... There, there was a lot of death in our high school, it was weird. 
Hmm. You know, some other kid in cross country is like running across the street. This is a terrible way to start the interview. Well, is it? <laughs> what Charlie Rose decided? A, a lot of death. Okay, Charlie. Yeah, go for it. Who cares? Uh, it's all good. What's next? Next uh, question. What did you do after high school? What, what's the first <laughs> job you got ever? Oh, the first, first thing job. you were paid for, I should be explicit. Um, I taught a bunch of like elementary school kids art. Um, so I took these private art Man, lessons, like drawing and anything. painting. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I assisted the the teacher, the lady whose house we went to, to learn how to paint and draw better. Uh, she also taught like kindergartners and first graders. And I was like her assistant or whatever. So you went Teacher's to art assistant. No, this is like art class. This is like lessons after school and stuff in middle school and high school. Well, you mentioned your qualification was that you had had some amount of training. Yeah, from from that lady. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. you graduated her class and then assisted her. Exactly. How was that job? Uh, it was fun. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, kind of by learning how to teach like really young children how to do art how to like paint and draw like like apple like you would set up apples and banana and shit in the corner and put a light on it so the light was interesting and teach them how to draw that and uh through teaching someone that doesn't know how to do something you kind of relearn the basics and instill those very strongly in your own brain i guess hmm. yeah. is that a hobby you've kept up with or is no not at all uh. <laughs> later later on in high school I did, so i did a man we're way back now i feel like an old man uh, did an art AP class with the most horrible, horrible man on earth. And uh, he kind of burned the love of drawing and painting out of me um, so much so that, like, I, so when I graduated from uh, high school, went to college and started getting into like video, you know, cinematography and film and stuff. So kind of dropped the painting stuff because I was so sick of it because this one horrible, horrible teacher. Yeah. Yeah. What? I'm going to ask for names, but that's probably not cool. <laughs> probably not. I hope that dude's not still teaching. But he was, he was basically this job of the hut guy. They would sit at the front of the classroom. You'd never see him move. He's like 400 pounds, and he'd just yell and scream. He did throw a pair of scissors at me once, so I probably what? could have gotten him fired. Yeah, that's... He, he was like, the one Wait. one time I saw him move, he was like, he like someone had poured, you know, kids are stupid. They poured a bunch of Elmer's glue on some scissors, <laughs> and he freaked the fuck out and hurled them across the room. And it's like, like one of those Matrix things where it goes like right in front of your face. Okay, so in a fit of rage, he threw them randomly. Yes, and okay. it was right at me. Yeah, not not at me purposefully. I was I was about to ask what you did to incur this no, slug was, man's wrath. I was a good kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you, do you feel like that creative drive, though, has persisted in the totally. job you do now? Absolutely. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Be ashamed to have that die. Yeah, no, I, I think art stuff was in me from when I was a little kid. Creative drive has been in me since I was a little kid. So I don't mm. think that'll ever die. It'll just manifest in different ways as I get older. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, have, can you feel any other parts of your child self still alive in you, or is it all has it all been killed by a cold sure. and cruel world? Sure, no, no, no. Um, I think it stays alive in you, uh, especially like a job like this where you get to be creative all the time. There's still bits of joy and like laughing at fart jokes and stuff. That's like, you know, poop is one of the first things you laugh at when you're like a little infant. So I still laugh at that, I guess. So it's pure. Yeah, that's got to still be in me some way. I'm, I am more, much more jaded, but uh, uh, it lives on. I think you have to nurture it. The poop. Yeah, the poop. You can't the poop forget. Within. Can't forget the poop. Well, what's your? Uh, I guess do you have creative goals, or are you just kind of happy? Oh man. Happy expressing yourself in the way you do. Um, I think I've always got new creative goals, new paths, and, and things I want to try out. Um, you know, like diving back into editing kind of reset a lot of my, I guess, creative goals and career goals that way. Uh, we're starting at Funhouse, that is. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I think I'm always finding new stuff to try and push on. Uh, but I'll, I think a lot of my recent creative life has been getting used to 
this world. What did you do just before you started here? Oh, I, I was, it was other post-production stuff. Okay. I was managing a team of people that did post-production work, like, you know, DVDs and QC teams and stuff like that. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. I think we're out of time. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, boy. All right. It's good to get to know you. Uh, all right. Ooh, so festive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I decorated everything. Thank you, Jacob. Yes. Uh, so welcome, Jacob. I got to say that. Make sure I get everybody's name so that people Hello, know who we're talking to. Uh, what is your favorite, uh, and this has just been stuck in my head ever since we played Destiny, what's your favorite Dexter's Laboratory character? My favorite Dexter's Laboratory character? Oh, um, I don't know. I always found, it's kind of weird, but I always thought Dee Dee was pretty entertaining. Nice. But I was hard left in you there because we talked yeah. about Jimmy Neutron. Haha. See, I watch cartoons more than one. Yeah, see? Okay, so who's your favorite Jimmy Neutron character? I feel like I identified with Carl a lot because he was kind of a doof, and I'm kind of a doof too. So you think of yourself yeah. as a doof? A little bit, yeah. but like, is there is there like any shame mixed in there, or you wear it proudly? Um, I feel like you can't be like a likable doof if you're ashamed of it. So you got you got to embrace it, hmm. and then you can like that becomes like your thing, sort of. So yeah. Yeah, I'm a good doof. Was there ever, was there ever a time in which you you had to switch from being a shameful doof to a proudful doof, hmm. or was it always just your whole life you've you've been comfortable there? I think it was a natural evolution. Okay. Like I think, um, going through about like middle school and high school and stuff, it's like that's when you want to be cool. Mm-hmm. But then, like after that, and then you realize it's way easier to just be a goofball and stuff and. Yeah, yeah. Easy. This is interesting. Did, easy, you, easy. did you and John discuss at all? Because he, he said something very similar. Really? Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. No, we didn't have any discussion. We must wow. just be like on the same wavelength. I guess so. Have had the same growth of personality in our lives and stuff. So how do you how do you incorporate it when people try to make you feel awkward or like you're expressing too much or you're not not behaving in the right way do you just sort of brush it off or like misbehaving like doing something bad or oh, no it's more like just you know that like if, if you're acting out or just being stupid and somebody's like hey come on you know see that's the thing about being kind of um like easygoing and stuff it's like it's easy to just like kind of project that but you have to be kind of like conscious of everybody else around you so that like you never like become a bother or anything you want to I've always, I've always wanted to be somebody that's enjoyable to be around so I always have to kind of pick and choose how I interact with people and how much of myself I let out to not be totally annoying <laughs> I understand that deeply yeah so I guess that's a process that you've refined over the years? Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it down to a T now. Are there any – You uh, this may be a little probative, but are there any situations where, like, you went too far too fast and some, like – do you wait? Do you lie awake at night sometimes remembering those moments and being like, uh? Hmm. Um, almost every video I'm in. Yeah? I'll, afterwards I'll be like, fuck, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what editors are for, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just kind of don't worry about it too much. But usually, like, I'll come off of a video and be like, what did I say or do? Or what was I even thinking? I just thought of something better. <laughs> but so, what, what, what can you do? You seem to be kind of early uh, early on in having a, a video-facing persona or being in videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
do you what is that process like? Um, do you do you look at comments? Are you worried about how people are perceiving you? Is it strange seeing that perception differ from who you are? That those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I look at comments on stuff that I appear in sometimes, and uh, you know, like it's it's YouTube and stuff. There's always negative things, and like the positive things make you feel really good, and um, then there's ones that you really agree with, like where's Don? <laughs> where's Jay- why is Jacob in this video? Where's Don? And I'm like, yeah, where was Don? No, but, I, yeah, um, yeah, like it it never bothers me too much but and it's kind of I like making people entertained and stuff to like at some dumb noise I made or something like that well speaking of dumb noises <gasps> for some reason you are fantastically educated on sea life oh I'm glad you mentioned it continue please uh where was there can you trace that back to anything or is that just something that's part of you I think I just read a lot of really big books with pictures of like sea animals and stuff in them and just read all that and absorbed it like a sponge and now it's just stuck in my brain forever i get it yeah i mean don't get me started on the ampullae of lorenzini what's a lorenzini it was a guy that was this thing was named after yeah yeah i mean what do you write i mean i don't remember that part because that's not part of the shark but (laughs) let me tell you it's like a whole sixth sense thing electromagnetic pulses and things like that. Don't worry about it. I can get into it at a different Wait, time. So you also brought up denticles at lunch. Oh, yeah. Dermal denticles. So that's... It sounds like a tentacle, but a tooth. Yeah. Looks is that like basically a, what it is? Looks like dent, like, like um, dentist and stuff. But, yeah, it's just the little... Not really scales. They're like little microscopic teeth almost make up the shark's skin. And that's just why they're called that, because they're made out of the same stuff. Man, that's cool. But, yeah, it's pretty rad. I wish I was made out of teeth. So you found that that marine information is the only thing that's stuck in your mind and everything else just sort of fell out? It's so useful to have that stuff in my head constantly. I'm grateful that out of all the things I learned when I was a child, that's the one thing I retained. Yeah, have you ever questioned why that's the one thing? I wonder sometimes, but it's like growing up and watching a bunch of cartoons and stuff, because you remember all the little things about that. And this is just the one thing I held on to. I'm sure there's other things, too. But for some reason, it just resurfaced this past year. All right. Well, we got to find a way to make use of that. Yes, indeed. Well, Jacob, thank you for your time. You're welcome, Lawrence. A Christmas cheers to you. Oh, yes, to you, too. Don't drink that. Hey, Matt. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are yeah. you? Thank you Thank you for... I'm, I'm great, but thank you for being on. We're all, we're all working pretty hard to, to uh, get all our shit done before the holiday. Speaking of holiday, um, and you're probably going to hate this, that I'm calling this out, but I feel like out of all of us, you might demonstrate the value of like giving and being selfless the most. Oh, I don't know about that, mm-hmm. really. I mean, maybe I unconsciously want to project that, but no, I'm as much an Ebenezer Scrooge as, uh, as anything else. Well, and, and if, if, if you don't want to discuss this, that's cool. Just say something we can kind of, but I do recall that... Um, you know, you were talking once, and you had mentioned that you would be giving giving rides to people and and giving food to people, and you would develop relationships with with certain people in need and stuff like that because you were spending so much time with them. Well, right, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I I had asked you if you I think I think the context was I'd asked you if you ever worried about being taken advantage of due, yeah. to, due to your generosity, and you were you were mentioning how some lady was asking you for rides and stuff, and it just got to be a bit habitual. Yes. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. For a while, I was kind of... Th this was really only kind of one instance. This didn't really develop. It was sort of... Um, something I think I would like to do. I just, uh, I think I learned a lot from that situation. Um, because it ended up being that, <laughs> where do I go with this? Let's see. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, helping people out when you can and like trying to uh, just get to know people, essentially. And that kind of happened with this individual that um, I maintained a rapport with for a couple years. But uh, anytime I would just kind of open the door for let's get to know each other better, it was always that individual's choice to never walk through it, which is fine. That's their choice. But um, they continued to ask for rides, which is fine, and continued to ask for money, which eventually it became clear that the money was being spent on lotto tickets. Um, so that was a bit of a sting, and I didn't feel inclined to give that person uh, money anymore because I don't really support that kind of thing. But um, so I, I feel like I learned a lot from that situation. I don't bear that person any ill will. But I've, since then, I've sort of been trying to figure out ways to, yes, carry on that sentiment, but um, not really in the form of handouts too much because the lesson I learned from that, and it's, I don't want to generalize, but you give someone a handout, they typically just kind of keep asking for handouts. And so unless they sort of demonstrate some willingness to like actively change their situation themselves themselves it's kind of difficult for me to keep just supporting a habit of handouts you know what i mean of course anyway we can cut that up if we want i don't know if that went off too far of a tangent i don't uh, think so at all okay uh, if you're comfortable with that being there then it's fine i'd love for it to you i mean you mentioned that that you this all flows from your just your desire to get to know people uh, do you know where that comes from? Is there something that you get out of meeting people and learning about them and what they do? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get I get a better, I think, perspective and um, I think for the most part a better a better quality of life um, because you kind of get out. I can. It's helped me sort of get outside my own thinking and. Uh, thinking with a bit more of or trying to approach a bit more of an objective point of view by you know getting to know someone especially when they don't think the same as you getting to know someone and um, not having getting over that sort of initial abrasive emotional response that and I know at least I tend to have with someone especially is not agreeing with me on something um, but once you get over that and are can maintain can develop something good um it's like you you really you really learn a lot and you can it's cool to realize you can actually be have meaningful relationships with people that don't agree with you um and so i think that's really valuable um i'm not sure where it comes from uh yeah i don't know if i could have one point of that in uh, specifically but um probably just upbringing and I know there was a lot of community outreach in the church I grew up in a lot they were really big on community outreach and and trying to you know get to know people so um, I guess if I had to pick one thing that'd probably be where a good part of it came from I see uh, do you have a recent example of something that you learned just in the course of getting to know somebody 
Well, let me think, let me think. I'm sure I could think of something. Uh, I don't know. How much time do I got here? Mm, I mean, you're technically at it right now. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there is. I would just have to take a few minutes and think about it. So maybe if there's yeah, that's an ongoing thing. something else. That's an essay yeah. question, and I dropped it on you out of nowhere. So. No, it's fine. Um, I, I should be able to... I should be. Able, I, I know. As soon as I walk out of here, I'll be able to think of three little minor things. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Ah, that's all right. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, being a stellar individual, and uh, thank you for consistently, uh, adorably shunning the spotlight. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> right. Welcome, Omar. Hello. Hey, this is my uh, this is my talk show thing. I like this. Yeah, I got a little tree. It's nice. You gotta hide the wire, though, Lawrence. Uh. It's uh, I, there were wires I wasn't able to hide, so I thought it was a. Uh... But hey, on that note, uh, you end up doing most of the technical production of uh, of our shows, yeah. Uh, I try to. <laughs> yeah. So um, the the goal is mostly to introduce you to the audience, and everybody can get to know each other. After, after two years here, introducing <laughs> you to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I think your first appearance was the Omar Tracker, and then it yeah. just kind of meandered on. <laughs> How, what, what do you feel about? Or if there is such a thing, public perception of you versus versus who you are. Who I am, really? Yeah, do you feel like there's a weird divergence there in it all? Um, no, I don't know. I try to be pretty pretty genuine to who I am all the time because it's hard to lie about stuff. It's hard to keep that shit straight. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think people seem to be really nice to me when they see me in person, so hopefully I'm nice in return. I don't know. Well, it's uh, – you're – you're so, sort of fascinating because you have a, uh, a sort of very explicit mental creed that, that <laughs> drives your philosophy. I and mean, correct me if I'm, I'm misstating or misunderstanding it all, but no, but. I uh, you know PMA positive mental attitude. I try to live my whole life trying to stay positive. It's hard. It's not. It's not always like 100 percent. Like I don't get down or anything. But um, this is going to be weird. Sorry. I lost a lot of people to suicide. Mm. Like. In my life, close friends, one that was like a brother, like four, five people, five people, suicide throughout my life. It's pretty, pretty wild. Like a not, probably not normal. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. Um, yeah, but because of that, trying to stay positive, uh, thinking about things that way helps me get through the dark times in what I think is a relatively like healthy way because it's not that I ignore it or like push it away or whatever, but acknowledging it, moving past it, being okay with things not going perfectly all the time. That's all staying positive, even though it is acknowledging negative things and like working through it and stuff. It's still positive mental attitudes about everything. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because you you clearly describe it as though it's an effort. It is an effort. But it is the effort so simple as forcing yourself into positivity, or because uh, that doesn't <clears throat> not not to not to no, put no, you in. No no no. I I like I like that too though. Uh, yeah, it's not forcing myself to be positive. It's it well PMA is a weird way to like to just it's a hard thing to try to explain to people who to start my timer sorry who like fight with depression or whatever, but. It's not that I'm forcing myself to be positive about negative situations. 
it's that I'm not letting myself linger on negative situations. And I'm telling, I'm telling my brain, be like, hey, that's a shitty thing. Deal with it quickly. Find something that makes, that makes it better and move on to that. Hmm. So like um, one of the charities that I really like a lot, that I give a lot of money to throughout the year, um, their motto is it's okay to not be okay. And acknowledging that and then moving forward. And then that's how you slowly repair all the shitty things and move into positive things. Wow. Yeah. What's what's the name of the charity? If you don't, if you don't uh, it's uh, Hope for the Day. Okay. Um, that You see me wear that Biggie shirt that mm-hmm. says, uh, it's got one of his lyrics on the back. So like, uh, I was in the negative and turned it whatever. I forget it already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they... Uh, they're pretty awesome. They're kind of like a DIY punk rocky kind of thing. And yeah, they do a lot for people helping them get through shitty situations and stuff. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh I guess on on a somewhat lighter note. Uh you <laughs> you had No, no, it's totally cool. I, I prefer that a, a million times over over what's your favorite pizza topping. Uh what you've you've had an interesting work history though, which I also find fascinating. Oh, that, yeah, that I didn't do this at all for, no, yeah. for so long. You worked at a – you were a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard for the fire department in Los Angeles for 16 years before this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it super weird to me because, like, I uh, – it was whatever. I had that job. I was a lifeguard at pools during high school. I got that job out of high school, and I just worked there. But you talk to everyone else. It's like, oh, I worked this place for a year, that place for two years, this place for six months. Like, no, I had the same job for 16 years, and now I've been here for – too. <laughs> <laughs> does does working a place for sixteen years? Would you? Huh, was Benson yawning? Right. Um, did it just in our state of routine where you didn't really learn anything new or experience anything new, or was there some sort of cumulative knowledge that built up or some sort of sublime understanding? Well, and this was I did I did like normal ass lifeguarding in a tower for sixteen years. The last. 10, no, let's say the last eight years, probably, realistically, I did youth programs. So I was working with kids, you know, picking up kids at schools, mostly um, special needs kids, taking them to the beach, uh, teaching them how to surf, how to kayak, how to sail in a sailboat. I taught sailing for youth for five years or something was super awesome. Um, Doing all that stuff was like, it it made it not monotonous because, you know, kids are crazy. And seeing a bunch of different, you know, special needs kids or at risk kids and low income schools and regular like, you know, private high income schools, like seeing a whole wide variety of society through these children made it super awesome. And I'm like, I feel like I learned a lot about people and a lot about uh, what what people actually need versus what they want. Okay. And like how society takes care of certain classes of people. And all that stuff, and then, you know, that all influences who I am, I guess. Well, yeah, and on that note, uh, do you feel like, and, and this is maybe a little reaching outside my station, but in your position now, and for what we do, and the amount of people we are, we have the privilege of, of reaching and talking to, and the number of people that invite us into their lives, do you feel like uh, maybe there is an opportunity to, to learn more as well as influence for the better a lot more? Yeah, uh... It is pretty wild because we know, like, you boil it down, we make, you know, dick and poop jokes mm-hmm. for the internet or whatever. But going to RTX or going to the PAX the one time that I went to that, like, seeing the group of people that are into our stuff 
is like the same, you know, it's like a crazy diverse group of people that are into what we do and then how much they say we help their day to day makes me feel just as good as taking a special needs kids out in a kayak or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Omar. Appreciate that. Well, that'll just about do it. It wouldn't be a good family gathering if there weren't some disruption. Uh, there is one member of our family, Don, who would like to, to not be in the video because he's working under pretty tight deadlines to get a video done for the break. So I'm sorry about that. But you have just about the full family tour. Uh, I have one announcement for you. Uh, we at Funhouse will be doing a live show. That's correct. We're doing a live show. That's at the, uh, the Regent, which is in downtown Los Angeles. Um, just a, I guess a brief run through. If you've ever been to any of our, uh, our, our panels at any of our shows, like RTX or PAX or something like that, you have a rough idea of what to expect. It's not a Dude Soup Live. It's not a Let's Play Live. It's just going to be us doing a series of sketches and bits, heavy dose of improv with some prop work and things like that. Um, and it'll have kind of a cohesive theme. It'll tell a cohesive story, but it's going to be, it's going to be pretty insane. Uh, tickets are available now, though. Um, you can. There's a short URL for you. Uh, it's bit.ly slash funhouselive. I'll written out uh, bit.ly slash funhouselive. You can find a link in the description here. Uh, we'd like to come out. Come out and see our show. We'd like to see you. We're also selling VIP tickets. They have earlier admission and uh, we uh, kind of an exclusive Q&A. So uh, doors at 7.30, shows at 8.30, earlier for VIP, and that's Thursday, January 18th, 2018. Funhouse, uh, bit.ly slash funhouselive. And I guess as a final note, uh, I wish you and yours a happy holiday. Thank you for joining our family for ours. That was kind of musical down there. And uh, we'll see you in 2018. So look forward to uh, next week's Dude Soup because we've got some, some big announcements to drop on you. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody. <laughs>